Chapter twenty seven of Supplements to the Second Book from the World as Will and Idea, Volume three by Arthur Schopenhauer. Translated by R. B. Haldane and J. Kemp. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter twenty seven on instinct and mechanical tendency it is as if nature had wished in the mechanical tendencies of animals to give the investigator an illustrative commentary upon her works according to final causes and the admirable design of her organized productions which is thereby introduced for these mechanical tendencies show most clearly that creatures can work with the greatest decision and definiteness towards an end which they do not know nay of which they have no idea such for instance is the bird's nest the spider's web the ant-lion's pitfall the ingenious beehive the marvellous termite dwelling etc at least for those individual animals that carry them out for the first time for neither the form of the perfected work nor the use of it can be known to them precisely so however does organizing nature work and therefore in the preceding chapter i gave the paradoxical explanation of the final cause that it is a motive which acts without being known and as in working from mechanical tendency that which is active is evidently and confessedly the will so is it also really the will which is active in the working of organizing nature one might say the will of animal creatures is set in motion in two different ways either by motivation or by instinct thus from without or from within by an external occasion or by an internal tendency the former is explicable because it lies before us without the latter is inexplicable because it is merely internal but more closely considered the contrast between the two is not so sharp indeed ultimately it runs back into a difference of degree the motive also only acts under the assumption of an inner tendency that is a definite quality of will which is called its character the motive in each case only gives to this a definite direction individualizes it for the concrete case so also instinct although a definite tendency of the will does not act entirely like a spring from within but it also waits for some external circumstance necessarily demanded for its action which at least determines the time of its manifestation such is for the migrating bird the season of the year for the bird that builds its nest the fact of pregnancy and the presence of the material for the nest for the bee it is for the beginning of the structure the basket or the hollow tree and for the following work many individually appearing circumstances for the spider it is a well-adapted corner for the caterpillar the suitable leaf for egg-laying insects the for the most part very specially determined and often rare place where the hatched larvae will at once find their nourishment and so on it follows from this that in works of mechanical tendency it is primarily the instinct of these animals that is active yet subordinated also to their intellect the instinct gives the universal the rule the intellect the particular the application in that it directs the detail of the execution in which therefore the work of these animals clearly adapts itself to the circumstances of the existing case according to all this the difference between instinct and mere character is to be fixed thus instinct is a character which is only set in motion by a quite specially determined motive 
and on this account the action that proceeds from it is always exactly of the same kind while the character which is possessed by every species of animal and which individual man is certainly a permanent and unalterable quality of will which can yet be set in motion by very different motives and adapts itself to these and on account of this the action proceeding from it may according to its material quality be very different but yet will always bear the stamp of the same character and will therefore express and reveal this so that for the knowledge of this character the material quality of the action in which it appears is essentially a matter of indifference accordingly we might explain instinct as a character which is beyond all measure one-sided and strictly determined it follows from this exposition that being determined by mere motivation presupposes a certain width of the sphere of knowledge and consequently a more fully developed intellect therefore it is peculiar to the higher animals quite pre-eminently however to man while being determined by instinct alone demands as much intellect as is necessary to apprehend the one quite specially determined motive which alone and exclusively becomes the occasion for the manifestation of the instinct therefore it is found in the case of an exceedingly limited sphere of knowledge and consequently as a rule and in the highest degree only in animals of the lower classes especially insects since accordingly the actions of these animals only require an exceedingly simple and small motivation from without the medium of this thus the intellect or the brain is very slightly developed in them and their outward actions are for the most part under the same guidance as the inner follow upon mere stimuli physiological functions thus the ganglion system this is then in their case excessively developed their principal nerve stem runs under the belly in the form of two cords which at every limb of the body form a ganglion little inferior to the brain in size and according to cuvier this nerve stem is an analogue not so much of the spinal cord as of the great sympathetic nerve according to all this instinct and action through mere motivation stand in a certain antagonism in consequence of which the former has its maximum in insects and the latter in man and the actuation of other animals lies between the two in manifold gradations according as in each the cerebral or the ganglion system is preponderatingly developed just because the instinctive action and the ingenious contrivances of insects are principally directed from the ganglion system if we regard them as proceeding from the brain alone and wish to explain them accordingly we fall into absurdities because we then apply a false key the same circumstance however imparts to their action a remarkable likeness to that of somnambulists which indeed is also explained as arising from the fact that instead of the brain the sympathetic nerve has undertaken the conduct of the outward actions also insects are accordingly to a certain extent natural somnambulists things which we cannot get at directly we must make comprehensible to ourselves by means of an analogy what has just been referred to will accomplish this in a high degree when assisted by the fact that in kieser's tellurismus volume two page two fifty a case is mentioned in which the command of the mesmerist to the somnambulist to perform a definite action in a waking state was carried out by him when he awoke without remembering the command thus it was as if he must perform that action without rightly knowing why certainly this has the greatest resemblance to what goes on in the case of mechanical instincts in insects 
the young spider feels that it must spin its web although it neither knows nor understands the aim of it we are also reminded here of the demon of socrates on account of which he had the feeling that he must leave undone some action expected of him or lying near him without knowing why for his prophetic dream about it was forgotten we have in our own day quite well authenticated cases analogous to this therefore i only briefly call these to mind one had taken his passage on a ship but when it was about to sail he positively would not go on board without being conscious of a reason the ship went down another goes with companions to a powder magazine when he has arrived in its vicinity he absolutely will not go any further but turns hastily back seized with anxiety he knows not why the magazine blows up a third upon the ocean feels moved one night without any reason not to undress but lays himself on the bed in his clothes and boots and even with his spectacles on in the night the ship goes on fire and he is among the few who save themselves in the boat all this depends upon the dull after-effect of forgotten fatidical dreams and gives us the key to an analogous understanding of instinct and mechanical tendencies on the other hand as has been said the mechanical tendencies of insects reflect much light upon the working of the unconscious will in the inner functions of the organism and in its construction for without any difficulty we can see in the ant-hill or the beehive the picture of an organism explained and brought to the light of knowledge in this case burdock says physiologie volume two page twenty two the formation and depositing of the eggs is the part of the queen bee and the care for the cultivation of them falls to the workers thus in the former the ovary and in the latter the uterus is individualized in the insect society as in the animal organism the vita propria of each part is subordinated to the life of the whole and the care for the whole precedes that for particular existence indeed the latter is only conditionally willed the former unconditionally therefore the individuals are even sacrificed occasionally for the whole as we allow a limb to be taken off in order to save the whole body thus for example if the path is closed by water against the march of the ants those in front boldly throw themselves in until their corpses are heaped up into a dam for those that follow when the drones have become useless they are stung to death two queens in the hive are surrounded and must fight with each other till one of them loses its life the ant-mother bites its own wings off after it has been impregnated for they would only be a hindrance to it in the work that is before it of tending the new family it is about to found under the earth kirby and spence volume one as the liver will do nothing more than secrete gall for the service of the digestion nay will only itself exist for this end and so with every other part the working bees also will do nothing more than collect honey secrete wax and make cells for the brood of the queen the drones nothing more than impregnate the queen nothing but deposit eggs thus all the parts work only for the maintenance of the whole which alone is the unconditional end just like the parts of the organism the difference is merely that in the organism the will acts perfectly blindly in its primary condition in the insect society on the other hand the thing goes on already in the light of knowledge to which however a decided cooperation and individual choice is only left in the accidents of detail where it gives assistance and adopts what has to be carried out to the circumstances but the insects will the end as a whole without knowing it 
just like organized nature working according to final causes even the choice of the means is not as a whole left to their knowledge but only the more detailed disposition of them just on this account however their action is by no means automatic which becomes most distinctly visible if one opposes obstacles to their action for example the caterpillar spins itself in leaves without knowing the end but if we destroy the web it skilfully repairs it bees adapt their hive at the first to the existing circumstances and subsequent misfortunes such as intentional destruction they meet in the way most suitable to the special case kirby and spence introduction to entomology huber de abai such things excite our astonishment because the apprehension of the circumstances and the adaptation to these is clearly a matter of knowledge while we believe them capable once for all of the most ingenious preparation for the coming race and the distant future well knowing that in this they are not guided by knowledge for a forethought of that kind proceeding from knowledge demands an activity of the brain rising to the level of reason on the other hand the intellect even of the lower animals is sufficient for the modifying and arranging of the particular case according to the existing or appearing circumstances because guided by instinct it has only to fill up the gaps which this leaves thus we see ants carry off their larvae whenever the place is too damp and bring them back again when it becomes dry they do not know the aim of this thus are not guided in it by knowledge but the choice of the time at which the place is no longer suitable for the larvae and also of the place to which they now bring them is left to their knowledge i wish here also to mention a fact which someone related to me verbally from his own experience though i have since found that burdach quotes her from gladish the latter in order to test the burying beetle necrophorus vespilo had tied a dead frog lying upon the ground to a string the upper end of which was fastened to a stick stuck obliquely in the ground now after several burying beetles had according to their custom undermined the frog it could not as they expected sink into the ground after much perplexed running hither and thither they undermined the stick also to this assistance rendered to instinct and that repairing of the works of mechanical tendency we find in the organism the healing power of nature analogous which not only heals wounds replacing even bone and nerve substance but if through the injury of a vein or nerve branch a connection is interrupted opens a new connection by means of enlargement of other veins or nerves nay perhaps even by producing new branches which further makes some other part or function take the place of a diseased part or function in the case of the loss of an eye sharpens the other or in the case of the loss of one of the senses sharpens all the rest which even sometimes closes an intestinal wound in itself fatal by the adhesion of the mesentery or the peritoneum in short seeks to meet every injury and every disturbance in the most ingenious manner if on the other hand the injury is quite incurable it hastens to expedite death and indeed the more so the higher is the species of the organism thus the greater its sensibility even this has its analogue in the instinct of insects the wasps for instance who through the whole summer have with great care and labour fed their larvae on the produce of their plundering but now in october see the last generation of them facing starvation sting them to death kirby and spence volume one page three seventy four nay still more curious and special analogies may be found for example this if the female humble-bee 
apis terrestris bombilius lays eggs the working humble-bees are seized with the desire to devour them which lasts from six to eight hours and is satisfied unless the mother keeps them off and carefully guards the eggs but after this time the working humble-bees show absolutely no inclination to eat the eggs even when offered to them on the contrary they now become the zealous tenders and nourishers of the larvae now being hatched out this may without violence be taken as an analogue of children's complaints especially teething in which it is just the future nourishers of the organism making an attack upon it which so often costs it its life the consideration of all these analogies between organized life and the instinct together with the mechanical tendencies of the lower animals serves ever more to confirm the conviction that the will is the basis of the one as of the other for it shows here also the subordinate role of knowledge in the action of the will sometimes more sometimes less confined and sometimes wanting altogether but in yet another respect instincts and the animal organization reciprocally illustrate each other through the anticipation of the future which appears in both by means of instincts and mechanical tendencies animals care for the satisfaction of wants which they do not yet feel nay not only for their own wants but even for those of the future brood thus they work for an end which is as yet unknown to them this goes so far as i have illustrated by the example of the bombex in the will in nature second edition page forty five third edition page forty seven that they pursue and kill in advance the enemies of their future eggs in the same way we see the future wants of an animal its prospective ends anticipated in its whole corporization by the organized implements for their attainment and satisfaction from which then proceeds that perfect adaptation of the structure of every animal to its manner of life that equipment of it with the needful weapons to attack its prey and to ward off its enemies and that calculation of its whole form with reference to the element and the surroundings in which it has to appear as a pursuer which i have fully described in my work on the will in nature under the rubric comparative anatomy all these anticipations both in the instinct and in the organization of animals we might bring under the conception of a knowledge a priori if knowledge lay at their foundation at all but this is as we have shown not the case their source lies deeper than the sphere of knowledge in the will as the thing in itself which as such remains free even from the forms of knowledge therefore with reference to it time has no significance consequently the future lies as near it as the present end of chapter twenty seven recording by expatriate in bangor maine